Yo, what up? It's DK. Thank you so much for listening to the Mixing Music Podcast. I just want to do a quick plug about Antares and Autotune. Antares makes the original industry standard autotune that we all know and love the sound of. We are sponsored by them, so if you visit mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash autotune, we do get a small kickback from every purchase. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Please enjoy this episode. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One, two, three. Hello and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I am your host, DK, and with me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Lugio. <laughs> Gotta do 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 the mix. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you watch some Yu-Gi-Oh every once in a while. Uh, I have... Played the cards in actual in-person contests and everything. Yo, I found out one of our um, one of our uh, interns, Marcus. He does a lot of card playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, went He's to like nationals for like not yeah. Went to nationals for Pokemon, which apparently is a growing like card game thing. Oh no, it's like been I thought grown. it. I thought it was like I thought it would have died out like a while ago, but apparently it's like huge still and uh relevant which is interesting and he talks about like Yu-Gi-Oh as well so mm-hmm. there's some stuff but i think his thing is mostly just pokemon which is interesting i think you Card had commented games. like how uh you came in while uh i wasn't here and that you looked at the top screen and you noticed that there was Yu-Gi-Oh game on the top screen in Steam. yeah yeah a. i saw i caught you playing Yu-Gi-Oh yeah. in the in the a room yeah that, i mean out of I'll all do the that games, between bounces i mean that's one of those things where no, it makes sense. I'm being silly. I was going to say it doesn't make sense to play a card game digitally, but it makes a lot of sense because then you have an opponent. And the opponent is usually really good. Yeah. Whether it's online to, like, or a computer. Yeah, because a lot of times when you play with people and you meet them in person, they might not have played with a lot of people. So depending on how, how good of a player you are, you might not get a challenge, and sometimes you might run into that one person. That's fair. That's fair. So anyway, we're going to get into... Today's episode topic, which is a really interesting one, we're going to talk about um, relationship between kick, drums, and bass. I think we've touched on it briefly in the past. Um, If we've done an episode on this, then I think it's a good idea to revisit this episode, revisit this stuff, and talk about this. Um, But I know many people have had problems and continue to have problems 
with their kick drum and bass and how they kind of live together and getting them to harmoniously be in the same song, in the same frequency range and get them to be separate at the same time. So I think there's a lot of like cool tips and tricks that you can use that are a lot more technical. For example, like side chaining a specific frequency or obviously in general side chaining, but I mean, you could side chain a specific frequency in like pro key three or some other stuff where you're just, it's just cutting out a specific notch mm-hmm. of low end every time it hits. Um, and I think we'll talk about some tips and tricks, but in general, um, what's uh what do you think let's talk about genres and differences in genres yeah i think that's the biggest factor that a lot of people have an issue with um yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you this example um a lot of times when i get hired to mix um people don't know that i came from like rock and metal uh as as both a player and of guitars and whatever but um like even mixing like i started off with bands and everything so whenever i get hired by a client and they've had like a previous engineer one of the not so common, but common enough uh, comments I'll get when I ask them, like, what was wrong with the last mix? Like, why why are you switching engineers? There's got to be a reason just so I know in advance. And they'll say something like, oh, you know, he was more of a rock guy. Like, he works with a lot of bands, so he charged me a good rate in that because it's not his genre. But he made the kick drums and the bass sound like rock stuff. Like, he filtered it the wrong way, and it just didn't feel the same as what I wanted. Yeah, and I think that within that realm, this is a common pattern that we see. In in rock music, um, usually the bass drum is lower than the kick and then the uh the bass in general. Depending on the subgenre, absolutely. There's times in rock where like it'll switch. But yeah, for the most part, like a lot of times you'll find where like the bass uh just doesn't actually have bass. Like it's really tucked behind the guitars. And it's yeah. more about that lower mid-range frequency than it is about the low. Exactly. It's like they're supposed to complement each other at that so, point. So maybe maybe instead of saying... So, I mean, there are genre cultures, right, as we always talk about. But I yeah. think I think the most surface level you should think about is what's above and below. Because sometimes you can get it to like fit in the exact same frequency, but uh, most of the time you kind of have to pick tonality. Like, is, is the... Is the bass carrying the low end, or is the kick drum carrying the low end? Is the kick having a long sustain, or is it just a quick little... Yeah, exactly. Like, is it more about the attack, or is it more about the boom? Yeah. Um, And I think that this is all stuff that you should consider, and being able to, like, visualize kind of what the song wants as well. Because you're right, like, even in a hip-hop song where the 808s are usually an octave below what the regular up, like a regular bass can do, mm-hmm. um, they're really low, sometimes too low, and uh, for audible hearing. Yeah. And, um, of course, like your kick drums are naturally just going to sit higher like as far as like the note, the root note. Mm-hmm. Like the root frequencies are going to sit higher in a hip-hop song with, with 808s. Um, and so figuring out what you want and kind of, but I mean, there's some hip hop songs where the kick drum is lower than the bass yeah. and the bass is sometimes non-existent. Like, uh, it's kind of a funny comparison, but like, I remember hearing some Rick Ross songs where he'll switch it up, where his mixes will either have a lot of kick in order to emphasize like the dramatic punch of it, 
or the 808 is just carrying the entire thing and the kick is just to be heard as like a slap on top of the 808 yeah 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 because they hit common. at the same time that's a pretty yeah. common thing like the 808 has a really fast doo, doo, yeah but that like changes in pitch too exactly doo. so like the kick's supposed to be in and out so that it doesn't mess up with the pitch as well yeah, yeah. I often find uh, 808 rhythms to kind of be like what a hip hop kick drum rhythm would be, mm-hmm. but it's just like it's kind of like replacing the kick drum sometimes. Yeah, which is which and is a lot really of times the samples will have the kick already in it. So I think that's the first. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the first step, which is figuring out what the role of the kick drum and the bass is like what role is of the song so for example like even starting off with as simple as is the kick drum or sorry is the bass supposed to be more rhythmic like supposed to be a driving rhythmic element of the song Mm -hmm. or is it just some sort of harmonic bed yeah right like usually in like pop edm stuff where there's droning bass and less like percussive 808 type stuff um it's usually more about the note that it's playing. Yeah. Like, ooh, it's like creating the foundational harmonic bed of the song. So like, and, and what role, so what role does the bass play? Like, that's very important to figure out. And this goes with everything mixing, not just kick drum and bass. Um, but this is, you have to have a clear idea of what you want it to do before you start trying stuff. And I think going back to even more broader horizons, I think that's the first step is what do you want to do? Yeah. And being very aware of what it can do. Um, other than that, there's a lot of tips and tricks. Like uh, Leslie said, this is I think this is the first step. This is the first piece of advice that I'm going to give. And this comes from uh, uh, one of my mentors, Leslie Brathwaite, who is absolutely amazing. If you list, go listen to a bunch of uh, one of my a couple of my first episodes, I talk a lot about him, um, and uh, he's he's just absolutely awesome. Shout out to Leslie and. Someday we'll get him on the show. I haven't. I've just been too afraid to ask him because I. I don't know. I'm. A, I'm a jerk. I'm an idiot. Not a jerk. I'm not a jerk. I'm just. I was about an idiot. to say. I I'm don't just know scared. How that I'm just intimidated. I'm just intimidated. Jerk. No, but uh, <laughs> jerk. <laughs> but um, someday we'll get him on the show, and uh, I think that um, he he said this all the time because whenever people ask him, which is quite often, because he does hip hop, right? He's like, Leslie, how do you get your kick drum and bass to sit together? And he always says the same thing every time, which is, sometimes, do you want more kick? Sometimes you just have to turn it up. And that's all he says. Like, the fader is the most powerful tool. Like, if you want more kick, then turn down the bass or turn up the kick. Usually that solves 90% of that relationship problem. Uh, I do think this is, I don't know the scientific technical term, why this happens. I can make guesses, but it's, that's about it is guesses is, is when there's a bass with a lot of low end and the kick drum has the foundation, like the foundation frequency in that same low end region. Every time it hits that low end is non-existent. It really just starts to feel like the top end of the kick hits. Mm-hmm. Um, like it just like overpowers it blurs. Yeah, it blur or it just feels like it just doesn't exist. Yeah, like it's trying to push it, but it's just not. So it's just the upper end of the kick drum. If it's in the same note, it potentially phased out. And if the if the actual, I guess, alignment is off, maybe it phased out on that same frequency. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. Know. Again, we're making guesses here yeah. on the technical reason why, but I mean, you'd have to really zoom in and see that. Yeah, but yeah. oftentimes, I would say, especially for producers that are listening right now. Mm, eight times out of ten, four times out of five, that's the same ratio. <laughs> four times out of five, four <laughs> times out of five, um, the producer has way too much bass 
and yeah. or way too much kick drum. And there's there's usually producers have a hard time. Producers that are not mixers have a hard time balancing between the two. The concept that I keep hearing back and forth. Uh, because I'll hear the artist and I'll hear the producer. Like, the artist will send the producer, like, hey, I just got the mix back. Producer's like, what happened to my kicks or what happened to my bass, this and that. When in reality, you were hired by the artist to do right by the artist versus doing right by the producer sometimes, which is kind of a blow to an ego sometimes, depending on the producer. Um, but a good producer knows, like, hey, it, I'm we're just producing the record right now. We just want it to hit hard and feel right. But when it comes down to the final mix, sometimes that kick's going to get in the way of the vocals. Sometimes the bass is blurring up everything else that could be there. Turning it down can sometimes just clear up the most, the majority of issues of like, oh, it sounds like they don't have enough definition. It's like, well, maybe one of them can come down. Like, it doesn't all have to hit hard. And there's a lot of, like, beats where I've heard where the kick drum is way too loud or the bass is way too loud. Mm -hmm. But honestly speaking... It works. It's a vibe. Yeah. Like, it's a vibe. There's many songs where the kick drum is just way too loud. Like, I can like turn it down Like, R&B music DBs. has that issue a lot. Like, you got a hip-hop producer doing R&B, and the kick's, like, smacking you in the face. Yeah. You're like, yo, that, that, like, the bass can carry this one. Like, that can come down. But sometimes, sometimes, like, that's what drives the song is the outrageous kick drum. By the time I'm done processing it, it's like, it's still way too loud, but it has this really cool driving effect. Like oh, it yeah. really drives and pushes the song forward. I, I, I don't hate it, but I do think that like from a technical point of view, um, it, you're losing headroom, yeah. which is like, which is a big thing. So talking about the kick and drum, the kick in bass, the reason why this is so important as well is headroom, right? So, um, we've all heard mixes that are significantly louder than other mixes. Oh, yeah. uh, most of the time, it's because there's also a significant um, less amount of sub-frequency, sub-range information in those loud mixes. Um, when low-end, because of something called the Fletcher-Munson curves, low-end carries the most amount of energy and is the least audible to human ears. So you have to push, like, that 60 hertz, you have to push that many, many, many times more than the 3K range, Right. And oh, yeah. because of that, when you're limiting it, if you have a lot of sub-range information, when you're limiting it, it's going to trigger the limiter um, before, like faster than if you just turn down the bass. So this is why it's a good idea to balance. So anything where it's like really aggressive sounding, really loud coming out of Spotify and iTunes, it's because I guarantee it right now, there's a significant less amount of bass as well, yeah. like, like sub-bass. And usually with these, especially within the hip-hop pop realm, the ones that feel significantly louder are also that you can hear the bass, but out your phone. So there's like a lot of distortion or saturation going on where it's adding upper harmonics. Yep. Um, so you can still hear the bass from your phone, but in a room with subwoofers, it's just not using the subwoofers half as much as another song where there's crazy amounts of low end. Yeah. No, and that's actually kind of a funny one because I remember I was explaining, uh, I forget who I was talking to, uh, one of the interns here at the studio. Uh, they were asking, like, why does it sound like my limiter keeps ducking the music every time the kick hits? I just filtered a little bit of the low end, like, filtered out 30 hertz, only to find out they were using, like, uh, what what is that plugin from Waves, uh, sub-bass or not not max-bass? Oh, R-bass. No, not R-bass either. It's no, that it, other it one that's, like, no, no, no. No, it's it's like this black one, uh, low air. That's what it is. I've, I've never heard Dude, that. Dude, it is insanely deep how low you can get the bass. But because it's so deep, I saw the knob was like cranked almost to max 
to get the desired effect. I bypassed that thing. I filtered out like 30 hertz. Left the limiter where it was. He's like, it's not ducking anymore. I'm like, yeah, you just had way too much low end. Yeah. And and I think that's like a, a good thing as well. Like if you have way too much low end again. Especially and, if your speakers can't reproduce it. Yeah. And I think that's that. usually the first thing. Because most consumer speakers can't reproduce it anyways. Yeah. Uh, this is a good idea why you why to use some good pair of headphones is because usually headphones reproduce much lower frequencies than a small subwoofer in yeah. a smaller room. So if you have a large room and you have subs that are rated to go very the very big subwoofers and maybe multiple of them, you might have the same amount of low bass extension. Usually in a room with a sub, it's the bass is loud. It's not necessarily linear all the way down. But with head, headphones... They're pretty like solid as far as like linearity all the way down to the oh, lowest yeah. frequencies, um, down to twenty hertz, whatever mm. as as advertised. But because uh, I could totally hear that. Yeah, and, yeah. and headphones, <laughs> I think it's a good way to check bass. But anyway, uh, back to the kick and bass, uh, the relationship there. I mean, there's a couple tip tricks, tr- mixed tips that tricks that we can say. One of them is what I already said, which is on FabFilter and some other EQs, you could sidechain. So, well, let's talk about sidechaining in general, right? So um, how you do that is you – okay, so if you have a bass and a kick drum, you put a send on the kick drum track, right? Um, And that duplicates the signal, and you have a compressor on the bass track triggered by the bass, by the kick drum. So every time the kick drum hits, the compressor on the bass track is ducking. And that's how you get that sidechain effect. It's used a lot in like EDM to kind of get, a, and that's where like that pumping sound comes from with that, like more that, uh, uh, that EDM house, I don't mm-hmm. know, that, that electronic scene, we'll just say electronic. Um, and you'll hear it a lot in uh, uh, pop music. Uh, that's not hip hop at all. You'll hear it in some hip hop songs, whether it's on purpose or an accident, that's culturally just not as prevalent in hip hop. Um, and uh, unless it's like super distorted and it's a bad mix or like you'll hear a lot of like badly mixed two tracks yeah. where they're like side chain, but it's not side chain. It's just the limiter compressing the, like what you're talking at, about. Earlier. At which point, yeah, the mix got louder, but it's because it has to duck all that low end. Yeah. So doing that on purpose, that's side chaining. And you could do that in the mix before it hits the limiter. Um, and and you could do that as well for specific frequencies. So going back into FabFilter Pro Q3 or there's a few others as well. Multiband compressor with a very narrow Q, uh, narrow narrow frequency range. You can dip the fundamental bass frequency of the bass every time the kick drum hits. Uh, and this is something that you should play with, but the only problem with that is that there's a slight delay because usually the, um, the, the compressor has an attack time, so it's not immediate, and you want to get the initial transient of the kick drum to come through. So Unless you enable look ahead. Yeah, look ahead, that's part of what look ahead does. Another trick to go around this and you don't have to do this but this can help theoretically is create a duplicate track and you of the kick drum and you move it back just a few milliseconds just a few milliseconds and you mute that track you only use the send from that as your side chain um that way like when the kick drum when the bass when the bass dips the kick drum's transient can fully come through instead of being triggered after the transient is already hit yeah um Jason Joshua does, this is my favorite, most tedious, but my favorite way of doing this. This is a Jason Joshua trick. Um, instead of side chaining, it, because in hip hop, the side chaining sound 
right? That comes from the slow release coming back uh, when sidechaining a kick drum to the bass uh, is uh, you don't want that sound. You don't want that pumping feeling. So Jason Joshua has a trick where he takes the clip gain in Pro Tools and and dips the bass track like 5 to 15 dBs on the in, be right right as the initial transient of the kick drum hits and then slowly fades it back in during the length of the tail of the kick hit. So that means when it's side changed, it's so fast and it's so symmetrical to what the kick drum is doing that you don't actually hear the pumping artifact. It just gives it a couple more dBs of headroom in the bass. And that actually works really, really well um, when you have two really, really low subby a bass and a, and a kick drum, 808 and a kick drum, and you want both to come through, the low end to come through without one eating the other. It does work. Uh, it's just really tedious to kind of go in copy and pasting all the clip gain. So usually it's like you have to tab to transient, copy the, paste the thing, and go down, tab. I'm just remembering it right now. What is it? After you copy the uh, the clip gain. Tab to transient. Semicolon, tab to transient, P, paste. Semicolon, tab, P, paste. Semicolon, tab, P, paste. And you do that like really, really fast. And that'll actually like copy and paste the clip gain every single time uh, in Pro Tools specifically. Because you have to like tab to transient to the kick drum, which is the lower track. I put it below the bass. So semicolon brings the the marker down, tab to transient, gets it to the transient of the yep. kick drum, uh, press P to go up to the bass track, press pace, V for pace, and then you have to go back down, semicolon, press tab to transient, press P for bass to go up to the bass track, pace, etc. right? Keep yep. doing that. It's tedious, but it's actually really effective, and it gives you a few more dBs of headroom by the time you get to the, the mix bus stage, the yep. limiting stage. Any other tips that you know? I mean... Realistically, for me, it's been a lot more of just throw on look ahead. It made my life easier because I know that trick. I did it for a while. Not all, not all plugins have look ahead. No, but which I've, one do I've you got use? Fab Filter, and I oh, use Fab Pro MB. Ah, uh, Pro MB has look ahead. Yep, and you could set how many milliseconds too. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. So there's also a bunch of other ones that I have, but you know, Fab Filter tends to be my first go-to just because I like their user interface. It's just quick, easy. I get what I need done and fast. But um, outside of that, realistically, I like to personally just cut the frequency if I have to. Like a static cut, if it doesn't need to be there, if it's not fundamentally required for that thing when it's on its own either, then it makes my life easier. I actually have to sidechain less. Mm-hmm. So if it's uh, if it's a fundamentally contradicting frequency, you don't have to sidechain it. You could just cut it and then put a lighter sidechain. There you go. Um, yeah. I think uh, this is a good moment to take a little pause here and talk about our sponsor. Thank you so much for sponsoring the show, Isotope. We love mm-hmm. Isotope products, and we talk about their products as well all the time. I know you use them a lot for mastering because oh, yeah. you've been doing a lot of mastering recently. Yeah. Um, I want to say I'm doing like a 20 to 1 ratio of mastering lately. That's good. So Lou's kind of been going on the mastering train, um, and you've been mastering a couple of the songs I've been working on recently. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, so this has been fun. And uh, but we use use Isotope products, the Ozone Suite. I use mm-hmm. Ozone. I've used Nectar, and I use RX. I've used, been using a lot of RX for this last album that I'm working on right now, finishing up. 
because uh, there's a lot of noise. I'm trying to get that noise out. Um, <laughs> the dude used like hella old analog stuff. So it's just so much hiss I need to pull out. RX Spectral Denoiser works. Mm-hmm. De- spectral, yeah, Denoise or whatever works so well for cutting out hiss. Um, and then uh, let's see, Nectar and uh, Nectar is really great for like vocal processing, the harmonizer. Lots of cool stuff there. Anyway, we're really grateful for uh, Isotope for sponsoring the show. If you would like 10% off their products, um, you can go to isotope.com backslash mmpodcast, or you, or you can go to that link to get a first-month free trial for their monthly subscription where you get all of their plugins. It's really dope. Really highly recommend it. On that note, Ozone, Ozone 9 Advanced, there's a module, a plugin called Low End Focus. Oh, yeah. And that's one of those things where actually on the last mix that the Chinese girl Mm -hmm. that you mastered for me, um, she, uh, I mixed the song when I showed you the first time, you're like, Hey, we just need a little bit more separation from the kick in the bass, literally on topic of what we're talking about. You know what I did is low end focus. Yeah. I slapped on a low end focus when I heard it (laughs) Yeah, and because, and it's really weird. Low end focus does this thing where it separates the kick in the bass a touch or it, molds them together you can do the opposite you can it kind of separate the, it less the the harmonic transient of it is what i've been yeah it's that's like, what it sounds it's like, like a to phase me. imager yeah, transient designer weird, but i like, like it yeah it's really interesting i can't figure out what it is it's exactly doing and too much doesn't sound good but if you put that I mean, on like it, an instrumental bus it can on yeah i was gonna say that like if you just throw it on the instrumental and just throw only low and focus you'd be surprised like Oh shit! My kick is popping like out. ten to thirty percent. Wow, thirty percent like max, and and it just gives that little bit of separation. I also like the smooth function on it. Have you seen that? Yeah, where you could blur it into each other. So if you're working on a two track and there's way too much, and you don't want to have to use a master rebalance on it, try to use smooth on it, and you'd be kind of surprised. Like it actually blurs them into each other, so it blends a little. It doesn't drop them in volume, but. If you're just looking to to minimize the separation, that works too. That's absolutely cool. Yeah, and uh, I I think that helps a lot. And the and so like low end focus from uh, Ozone Nine Advanced. That's it's specifically in the Advanced package only. Uh, has been really awesome. The Advanced is worth it for the other thing too. Uh, which is Master Rebalance. Oh, yeah. Master Rebalance has saved my ass so many times. It's saved a lot of people's masters. I get tracks that are like, it's all music, no vocal. And I'm like, okay. Or it's all vocal, no music. I'm like, okay. Yeah, and you can like turn down the vocal. It's not perfect, but like for small changes, it's really great. Yeah, like 3 dB max on that one. Like that, it, it can be a little exaggerated sometimes, but in a way that's like, yo, it literally is rebalancing the master. It's so cool. It's so cool. You'll you'll have to try it out to understand what we're talking about. Um, but last thing here, uh, this is something that I've been doing a lot too, is is uh, clipping the kick drum mm. to get some extra volume out of it, get some extra like slap out of it instead of compressing it, which let's talk about that briefly. Uh, people think there's this, I don't know why, if you get if you put a compressor on, it makes things thicker. There's this weird thought. I've never put a compressor on something and been like, "Wow, it's thicker." Other than for its saturation. I mean, if it's got a really fast attack and slow release, sure, you rounded off the transient and kept the sustain. But it's making so. it thicker, like uh, no, it's making it thinner. Like the transient itself is thinner, you know. Yeah. So be careful. Do it on purpose. But clipping, on the other hand. 
if the kick drum is just it feels good, but it's just poking a little bit too much, um, putting a clipper on the kick drum also is a cool thing, and it kind of helps it. You can kind of maintain that volume, but still get a little bit more headroom out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, clipping if if done too much doesn't sound good. I actually use a clipper when I'm doing like analog summing. Yeah, and don't like clip yeah. into. On that note, don't clip into the track. Like, use a clipping plugin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't like actually yeah. use. I mean, don't, you can. We're not talking about clipping in the red. We're talking about like clipping the audio. Yeah, itself. The, pl- the, pl- not, with the not plugin. the track. Yeah, yeah. With the plugin, like. Yeah, uh, yeah sir. Somebody's audio. Gonna, somebody's about to go home and crank their gain of max. Yeah, the Massey Golden <laughs> Soft Clipper is what I use the most of. Also, mm-hmm. Sir Audio has a clipper which is twenty five bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Apogee had uh, the soft clippers. Uh, I don't know if they still do or not, but built into their converters, you can enable and disable them. But they saved a lot of asses when it came to mastering. And I cut you off earlier. What were you about to say? I have no idea. Okay, my bad. My ADHD already forgot. My bad. This is the classic Mixing Music Podcast thought process. We just keep on rolling. <laughs> <laughs> Not Limp Bizkit style. There you go. There you go. Um, so I think that should help answer a lot of questions. Honestly, uh, getting the low end right is going to take time and experience. And I don't think enough tutorial people talk about this, but you cannot negate experience. Yeah, You cannot think that you're just going to get it right by understanding these few tips and tricks. And these tips and tricks are not going to help every single one of your songs. My um, favorite thing is the template salespeople. Mm, my favorite. See, I got everything figured out for you. You ain't even got to think about it. Just record your vocal and it's going to be fine. It's like, mm, the end results say otherwise. <laughs> hey, but, oh, screw me. But I know a lot of people that make a lot of money from templates and stuff. And I will say that business sense, it is pretty lucrative. But creative yeah. sense, yeah, maybe not the best thing to use. Yeah. Uh, but we're talking about low-end here. And low-end is one of those things where you can't use a template. And you can't you, – you really just have to practice. Use your ears, Use your ears, practice. Nobody likes trying. hearing that. And I'm still working on it too. Yeah. Like even us as professionals, like we don't get it right sometimes. I mean, we were this week alone. We were talking a lot about like room correction because oh, of the way our yeah. speakers play with our ears in the room. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, we should we, talk about that the next episode. Actually, yeah. actually, because I'd like to oh. shout out the people that actually kind of next episode that, that made a pretty cool discovery. Yeah, that was really cool. I cannot believe I was so skeptical about it. Yeah. Anyway, um, on that note. Uh, we really appreciate anybody that's left five star reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you um, left four stars, I mean, why? <laughs> I don't think anybody. <laughs> maybe a few people have. I don't know. Um, but once again, just want to emphasize that uh, there's a few things that I think will be really useful for everybody. On um, on uh, if you've subscribed to our email list for the studio or for the podcast or for me, um, you'll notice that you got an email this last week about uh, top five marketing tips for artists and if you're interested in free pdfs like that you can go to links.dkmixes.com once again that's links.deekeimixes.com you get a free pdf on my store for under free resources download that best marketing tips for artists um, which was a really popular episode that we did and um uh if you like if you want real-time mix feedback for free by your boy dk Every Monday night on Twitch, again, go to links.dkmixes.com. You can get uh, the link to my Twitch. Um, if you need mastering done, go hit up your boy Lou. 
And uh, all these links are available in the description of the bio. But again, one more time, if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star review. Like That goes so much out of your way. It's a free way that you can really help us grow. And we appreciate everybody's uh, help. We've grown to be such a large podcast, even though we're just a couple of idiots that really love what we do. And uh, <laughs> and I would say pretty dang good at what we do. Uh, I, I think so. I mean, we're not good at this like video editing. My stuff. mom always did tell me I was special. Ed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, that on one's that for note, all you guys out there. <laughs> on that note, on that note, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. One, two, three. Is episodes once a week not enough for you? Or are you looking for more technical information from the Mixing Music Podcast? Well, guess what? Now you can. You can subscribe to our exclusive content and triple the amount of episodes that you get access to. That's right. Instead of the free once a week episodes, you get three episodes a week for only $4 a month or $40 a year. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash exclusive to get access to those episodes now. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save